Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, if hire great people is on your company's goal, you need a plan to make sure that happens fast. Find the right person fast with Indeed Instant Match. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. Don't just hope for the perfect candidate you'll find. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match immediately delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. You can even invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who see it in a search alone. Plus, with Instant Match, Indeed's data shows 90% of employers get quality candidates from Indeed's resume database as soon as they sponsor a job post. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash money nerds. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash money nerds. Indeed.com slash money nerds offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions do apply. There's times where we all feel a little bit stagnant in our lives, especially with our finances. Like we're working really hard, we're doing all the right things, so we think, and we're just not getting the progress we want. I think I boiled this down to seven main reasons on why you might not be progressing with your finances. So let's go ahead and dive in. Reason number one, you're not progressing with money is because you're afraid of saying no. Yes, this is such a tough thing. I don't know why it is, but we are so afraid of saying no. Now look, this could go back to clear back in our dinosaur caveman days where if you said no and if you upset people, then you'd be shunned out of the tribe or the village and you would be left to die. Listen, I don't know where this stuff comes from, but for some reason, we are so attached to people pleasing. Not everybody, but I would say a lot of people are. They really struggle with always being able to say yes and always doing everything for other people and not doing anything for yourself. And sometimes that can be manifested in the way that we say no or not say no. So let me give you an example of how this showed up in my own life. When I was younger, I had such a hard time telling my friends no to going out to eat or coffee or whatever the heck it might have been. And so my friends would ask me, hey, do you want to go grab something to eat? Or hey, let's just walk and grab coffee. Pretty harmless, right? I think we've all been there before. My issue was at that time in my life, I truly could not afford it. I couldn't afford it. I would look at my budget. I saw my numbers. I knew how much money I made. And it wasn't enough to always say, sure, I'll go out to eat with you again. It just didn't fit my budget. Now, the thing is, I had a really hard time telling them no, because I was so maybe one thing embarrassed. I'm not really sure if I had to reflect back on that. I think it was partially embarrassment. I wanted to uphold this image that I had my shit together when really I was struggling and I was just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. So that could have been definitely part of it. But more than that, I think it was because I personally was uncomfortable saying no. 
I didn't want to hurt other people's feelings. I didn't want them to judge me. I didn't want the awkwardness. And frankly, that awkwardness costs me a lot of money. And think about your own life too. How many times have you said yes to something that you truly do not want to do or can't really afford to do, but yet you say it out of obligation or out of avoiding that awkward moment? I know I'm not alone on this one, but so many of us, that's a huge reason why we're not progressing in our finances is because we're prioritizing, frankly, other people's agenda over our own. So sometimes the secret to this is just be honest with yourself, look at your numbers, know the goals that you're working towards and honor that as much as you possibly can. You can say no without being a jerk. Never say no and follow up with a lie either. That will come back to bite you big time. So always just say, no, it's not in my budget or no, that's not a priority for me right now. And people that care about you will understand that. The next reason why you're not progressing with money is because you're too worried about what other people think. Now, this can definitely tie into our previous reason with not saying no. I do believe that not saying no is more about us than it is other people. This one of worrying about what other people think is completely prioritizing their feelings and how you appear in their eyes. I always find this whole comparison syndrome thing so fascinating because most of the time we're we're comparing to this false image. You see somebody driving a really sweet car. You look at this car, you feel inspired, you close your eyes, you imagine yourself driving that car and you think like, wow, that'd be cool. If I had this car, I really would have made it. Or if I had this house, I feel like I would have made it. You fill in the blank to what your I made it moment is. But ultimately, a lot of those things come down to what other people think. It's our society's perception of what success looks like. And here's the crazy thing. We've all read the books the millionaire next door, we we know that the average wealthy person does not flaunt it like that. They're not driving these really nice cars. They live in a very average home. Yet for some reason, we get still entrapped into this thought process of I have to show my wealth. But keep in mind, wealth is what you don't see. You don't see somebody's huge assets. You don't see <laughs> that sounded almost kind of dirty. <laughs> you don't see somebody's huge bank accounts. You don't see how much money they have in retirement. You don't understand the behind the scenes of what equates to wealth. The sad reality is sometimes the only thing we can see is the tangible stuff, the house, the car, the nice clothes, the shoes, the luxury dinners, the vacations. We we see that stuff in a lot of large part thanks to like social media. But at the end of the day, wealth is not flaunted, not generally. It can be. There's some elements of that for sure. But in general, the wealthy people are not out there flaunting their stuff. And so the funny thing is, is we're so busy like trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to have the latest and greatest. And we we say it's for us, but realistically, it's like sometimes it does, if you really dig into the root of it, it does come down to how we are perceived by other people. We want them to think that we have our stuff together, frankly. Now, this worried about what other people think. Yeah, we talk about comparison syndrome. I talk about that a lot on podcasts and on Instagram as well. But this extends a little bit further too. I want you to also reflect on if you are too worried about what your partner thinks, your significant other, your husband, your wife, your lifelong partner, are you so concerned about what they think of you 
this can be really dangerous. And this could be a huge reason why you're not progressing as well, because maybe you made some crappy decisions and you're embarrassed. Maybe you were running a business and you didn't pay your taxes and now you owe $20,000. You are the primary breadwinner. You are mostly responsible for managing the money. You have this $20,000 debt to the IRS. And that is so embarrassing. You don't know how to come clean to your partner. Or maybe you have secret credit card debt where you have just been, I don't know, maybe an emotional shopper. Who knows what the circumstance behind it was, but you have this credit card debt under your name and you're humiliated. You're embarrassed of what your partner might think. This stuff happens all the time. As a financial coach, I see this day in and day out. It is very, very, I don't want to say normal. It's it's common. It's not normal. But it's something that we have to break through from that trap too. Your partner wants the best for you. They wouldn't be married to you or dating you or with you if they didn't want the best for you. But that also can impact their finances too. But when we get in our head so much and get so concerned about what are they going to think of us, that really prevents us from making progress, which is fixing your money with your partner, getting on the same page and crushing it together. That is such a common thing I see is we're just so embarrassed, so concerned, afraid they're going to be Judge Judy. Like we just don't want all of that pressure put on us. So we hide it. And that is a losing battle and a huge reason why so many times we don't progress with money. We're way too worried about what other people think. I remember I was teaching a workshop one time and I was talking about side hustles and I love side hustles. I think they're so important. And one of the things that I was telling people is, hey, I've tested Uber Eats. I've tested DoorDash. I've tested Instacart, flipping furniture, online surveys, part-time jobs. I've done it all. And I do it all so I can give you an honest analysis of what works and what doesn't work. So in this specific workshop, I was talking about why I believe DoorDash and Uber Eats are some of the easiest ways to make money if you need a little extra cash immediately. Like you don't have time to build up a business, you just need some extra money. I really do believe this is one of the easiest ways to go. When I said this, I had somebody come up to me after the workshop, and this is not unique. I've had multiple people tell me the same type of thing in different scenarios. But the gist of the conversation was, Whitney, this sounds awesome, and an extra $500 a month would absolutely transform my life. However, I'm kind of embarrassed. What happens if I take an order and I deliver it, and whoever I deliver it to, when they open the door, it's someone I know. What would I do? And I it hit me of how much this worried about what other people think even extends into us holding ourselves back and self-sabotaging in the form of not making as much money as we could or side hustling because we're afraid that what if we delivered food to somebody who knows us? That job shame is not uncommon. It's something that a lot of people experience and you might even experience yourself. So I'm talking about this because I know it's so common for people to go through this. And in that moment, I looked at her and I said, you know what, if they open the door and you know them, say, hey, how's it going? And then jokingly nudge them and say, don't forget to tip. Like, cool, move on. Who cares? Who cares? At the end of the day, if you are side hustling to better your financial life, the only person you have to answer to is yourself. You don't have to answer to anybody else. And what other people think of you is none of your business. I could probably rant on this topic alone all day. So I will move on to the next reason why you may not be progressing with money. And that is because you're making poor financial decisions and justifying it. 
This is probably one of my biggest peeves. I really, really admire and appreciate people that take full responsibility for where they're at in their life. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean crappy things have happened to you. Raise your hand if something bad has never happened. Like, no hand is going to be up. We're all having crappy things happen in our lives. However, people that progress with their finances have those crappy things happen to them and still take ownership for where they're at and recognize that they have a responsibility to better their life. So here's how this usually shows up. I again, I work with a ton of people as a coach, I see a lot of budgets. And one of the things that I often see is people will randomly spend money on stuff that they didn't plan for. They might go to Ulta and spend $60 on random makeup and hair products and say I needed it anyways, there could be an element of truth to that. There definitely could be, but a lot of this is impulsivity and it's just not planning and forecasting forward with your budget, you know, and it's okay. Like that, that's not always going to hurt you, but if you're looking at your budget and you're constantly making these types of decisions where you're saying it was a need instead of a want, that's, what's going to get you. When you look at your numbers and all of your numbers are justifications, if every time you see something on your budget, you justify it, that's when you know that there's an issue with taking personal responsibility. And that does not help you. You, you can live that way and that's fine, but you're not going to progress and you're not going to achieve and accumulate a great amount of wealth because that mindset and that habit of doing things impulsively and then justifying it later does not serve you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to better your life in any way. It's only going to keep you exactly where you are or going backwards. So if you find yourself falling into this trap of making really poor financial decisions, maybe overspending, but then when you see that justifying it, call yourself out on that. Do not allow yourself to live in that mindset and repeat those same behaviors. It is not a helpful habit to be in. One of the things that I always recommend is if you have it in your budget and if you have it in your heart and you know that this is something you're struggling with, but you can't seem to break that, that's when it's really a good time to hire a coach. A coach is designed to help you get through and call you out on your BS, but more importantly, support you and push you to accomplishing your goals. As a financial coach, my whole goal is to make sure my clients are progressing. Yes, I hear some excuses. I mean, let's be real. We're all human. We all do this from time to time. But as a coach, I'm trained to say, this is how we can break through this. Or, hey, I'm noticing this is becoming a pattern. What can we do about it? And sometimes that simple act of having somebody just call you out on it or just say, hey, what's up here is enough where you can have a conversation around it. You can express where this is coming from. And ultimately, you can create a plan to combat this so you're not repeating that same cycle that isn't serving you and bettering your life. If you're looking for a great book on taking personal responsibility and ownership, I highly recommend a book called Extreme Ownership. This book is going to be very off-putting if you don't have an open mind to taking personal responsibility, but if you are open-minded to this and you want to learn more and see how this pans out with like an extreme level, that book is so interesting to me. I love the mindset and it's something that I have adapted and found kind of a happy medium with some of their philosophies and bringing it back down to a quote unquote normal level, I suppose. You'll see what I mean if you read the book, but it's such a good one. One of my faves. And also, if you're to the point where you're like, yeah, I need a coach, I'm not progressing my finances, I need that extra set of eyes and that accountability, reach out to me. If you go to WhitneyHanson.com slash customized 
dash coaching. There's an application that you'll fill out. We'll hop on a quick 15 minute phone call together, learn a little bit about each other, the coaching program. I'll learn about your life, your circumstances, and ultimately see if it's a good fit. So if you are really kind of not doing as well in that area, that's when it's a good sign that you probably need a financial coach. Reason number four why you may not be progressing with money is because you're not decisive. Yes, decisive people tend to do better financially and they tend to become wealthier because the the attitude behind being decisive is making a choice, doing a quick analysis of pros and cons of each scenario. We do this all the time in our head. Like, let's be real. You are constantly, you go out to eat, you look at a menu, you're like thinking, do I want chicken strips or do I want finger steaks? You're looking at all this stuff and you're immediately saying, what are the pros and cons of each? And that's how we make a decision. We do this so quickly. It's like microseconds. So when we're doing this stuff, we, we're automatically analyzing pros and cons. However, I find that people that are not very decisive, they are leaning too far into the cons or they're over glamorizing this decision. They're thinking this one decision is going to make or break my entire life. If I do this one thing, my life could be over. If I choose this one degree in college, I'm screwed if I don't like it. When realistically, it's a simple decision and people change and adapt all the time. And if you recognize that, that mindset of, you know what, I can figure it out. And if I change my mind later, that's okay. I'm going to be fine. That is an underlying empowerment behind decision making. I recently listened to a podcast episode on bigger pockets. I'll link it in the show notes so you can go listen to it as well. And basically, I forget the exact title, but it was something around the the tune of how to become a millionaire within five years with real estate. And I found this to be so interesting because one of their points is being decisive. If you want to get to that level quickly, you have to be decisive. One of the tips that they gave and I thought this was so good because it's so small, is when you go to a restaurant and you look at that menu, and let's go back to the chicken strips slash finger steaks example, you're looking at that and you're like, which one do I want? They both sound so good. I'm not really sure. You allow yourself 10 seconds to make a decision. Now, what this is doing is it's training your brain to quickly pick and just own your decision. I mean, what's the worst thing that happens in that scenario? You got chicken strips and you're like, oh man, they weren't that great. Next time I'll do finger steaks. They also say if you're still struggling with decision making, order both. You might be out an extra couple hundred dollars per year, but now you know the finger steaks are better than the chicken strips. (laughs) I was like, this is such a silly example and I hope you guys are following me here, but it's one of those things where you have to train yourself to be decisive. Successful people are decisive. Now here's what really does trap a lot of people when it comes to this. So we we tell ourselves, I'm going to be more decisive. So what do we do? We go to Google, we start researching how to buy my first property. And once we dive into how to buy my first property, we start to go down this rabbit hole of taking in all of the research and all of the information. We're trying to absorb it. We're trying to learn it. We're trying to get step one, two, three, four, all in order before we make this decision. And that is the wrong way to go. Go to Google, do a quick research. Of course, if it's a big financial decision, you want to do a little bit of research, but don't allow yourself to fall into that analysis by paralysis. Too much research and not enough action will lead you to being stuck. 
And that's one of those things where if you can express your decisiveness and you can practice it, you're going to be okay because you're not going to fall into that trap quite as much. Okay, let me tell you a quick story about how this can show up. I'm currently working on my first Airbnb project, a geodome in the mountains. It's been fun. It's been hard. It's been challenging. It's all of the things in one and I have been loving it. But I am currently in the process of building a sauna or I've heard the correct way to say sauna is not sauna, but sauna. Anyway, so I'm probably going to say it wrong. All my my Finland friends are going to come at me. I get it. But that's what I'm currently building in the mountain. Now, in general, I tend to be a pretty decisive person. I make up my mind. I try something because I recognize that most of my decisions are not permanent. They don't always have a permanent effect. So I understand that building a sauna is not rocket science by any means. And it's something that All I have to know is step A, and then once I do step A, I can go home, I can Google and do step B. This drives my mom crazy. My mom is an over-researcher. So when we're working on a project together, I'm in there putting up cedar, and she's asking me about how's the door going to work. And I seriously, I have to look at her. I'm like, mom, I'm not even on that step. I'm still on step A. I'm just putting up cedar right now. I don't know how I'm going to do this part. I'm not there yet. And I don't have to know that yet. But that is such a good example of how different our brains are. My mom very much is an analysis by paralysis kind of person. And I have trained myself to be very decisive and just to take action and figure it out as I go. It's a very small example, but it's one that's really important. Practice your decisiveness. The more decisive you can be, the better off you're going to be in the long run. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel unnatural, but start practicing. And I think, like the Bigger Pockets guy said with the menu, that's a great way to start. Just choose what you want to eat from the menu within 10 seconds. Or when somebody wants to go out to eat and they say, Hey, where should we go? You choose within five seconds, Hey, let's go here. People naturally gravitate towards decisive people, and so it's going to be really interesting, but I want you to really practice this skill. It's a good one to have, and it does take some time, but you can get there. All right, reason number five on why you may not be progressing with money is because you're too comfortable. Now, let me be clear for a sec, because I know that this is something I used to misconstrue in my own head. Being content is great. Being comfortable, not so much. We want to take our very short life and constantly be pushing our limits and testing new things and really having a great time because I think that's where we make the biggest impact and we have the most fun in our life. Contentment is different. You can be incredibly content in every single area of your life and still want to be progressing. They're not a linear thing. And so what I find is a lot of people get so comfortable and how this can show up is maybe you have become so comfortable with just having a certain amount of debt in your life and you just just have normalized it. And that's okay. That's that's your new comfort zone. Or, you know, for me, I always have $500 in my checking account. That's my, my buffer so that I never overdraft. I don't let my balance get too low. That stresses me out. And so I have become comfortable with $500 in my checking account. You might be comfortable in your current job or with the salary that you're making. There's lots of different ways that we can be comfortable. It's up to you to determine if that comfort is actually hurting you or helping you. So there's nothing wrong with working a job that you feel very comfortable with. If it's a salary amount that you're okay with, and you look at your life and you're like, you know, I don't, I don't really need to make another 20 grand per year. I'm, I'm pretty content right now. Then that's awesome. That's not necessarily something you have to work on. But if you're looking at it and you're always saying, I'm not making enough money and you truly aren't, 
then you need to get out of that comfort zone and start applying for jobs that maybe you don't qualify for or jobs that maybe scare you a little bit or leaving that nest. I mean, it's a scary feeling, but we have to get very, very comfortable with discomfort if we want to continue progressing in our finances. Another big way this shows up is when we get so comfortable with not tracking our money or not budgeting and just spending whatever we want whenever we want, that isn't really helping you progress in your finances. I think any financial expert or guru will look at that and tell you, no, dude, you got to budget. Like This is something that you have to plan for your income if you want to be more intentional and have your money work for you instead of you always working against your money. This is common sense, yet for so many of us, we get into this trap of just swiping our card, doing what's comfortable, but not putting in the work of actually doing the budget and sitting down and saying, this is where every single dollar needs to go, and this is how I want my money to be spent. When we don't do that, we're getting very, very comfortable with things that aren't really helping us progress. That's just another very small example of how this can show up in our lives. I think the point of this topic in this point is to look at your own life and identify ways that you are possibly a little bit too comfortable and what you can do to shake things up so that you're progressing and getting your stuff together with your finances even further. I don't know the answer for you. I don't know your situation, but I do know that you everybody's comfortable in some way and that's not always serving us and it's up to us to have some self-awareness around how we can better that area. Reason number six on why we're not progressing with money is because we have fallen into lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep is very, very easy to fall into, and we all do it in some level. Not all to the same level, but it always happens a little bit. Now think about it this way. When you were in college, you probably were living on less than $20,000 a year, maybe less than 30, who knows, but not very much money. And then you graduate from college, you get your first job, and then you start to do what? You get a new car, you get a new house, you start to eat out a little bit more. Maybe you buy some new clothes because now you have a little extra money. That is a version of lifestyle creep. So lifestyle creep in its simplest form is when you earn more money and you immediately increase your lifestyle expenses to match that new level. And that's the biggest reason why you see so many people that make $100,000 plus per year and are equally as broke as when they were making 40,000 or 50,000. It's because of lifestyle creep. We've started to slowly say our standards need to get higher to really meet our income. Now, lifestyle creep, again, there's some times where it's okay to do some things and increase your lifestyle and enjoy your money. I'm not one of those people that are like, never enjoy your money, only invest it. That's all. I don't think that's realistic. However, if it's taking away your future choices or your opportunities, or it's not allowing you to pay off debt or invest or spend on experiences, then it's probably a problem. And so that's usually one of the things too that I will always look for in my coaching clients or anytime I talk to people is, how are you embracing lifestyle creep? Are your costs of living increasing because of you and your choices and now your new standards and therefore you're less you're left with less disposable income? Or are you making more money, but now you're saving and investing a bigger portion of your income? That's the big thing. If you can live way below your means and every single time your salary increases, all you do is invest more money or you put it into projects that are going to bring you back money, that's when you know you're probably doing things correct. But if you're just earning more money and then increasing your lifestyle, it's probably lifestyle creep. 
Now, last but definitely not least, reason number seven you might not be progressing with money is because of lack of consistency. You're not staying consistent enough. I did an entire podcast episode a few weeks ago called The Secret to Financial Success, and it's about consistency. So definitely go listen to that episode because it talks about this in so much more detail. But when you start something and then you you automatically stop when things get tough, maybe you start budgeting, you do it for a month, and then you get bored and you pause. Or you started to invest and then it, it felt like, oh man, maybe I don't have enough money to invest. I should probably push pause. When we do that kind of stuff, we're not staying consistent and that is ultimately hurting your financial progress. So if you want to have better progress, you have to look into ways to build in systems into your life that help you stay consistent. In today's world, it's so much easier to save because we have automation, we have bank accounts, we have apps, we have investing apps, we have all of these different things that can help you stay consistent through automation. That's an example of a singular system that you can implement into your finances to help you reach your financial goals. I'm probably a broken record at this point, but I do believe that consistency is the single greatest factor to progressing in your finances and to having an amazing life that you feel proud of. And I think at the end of the day, all of these reasons and all of the ways that we're trying to progress with money is not just to accumulate more money. It's to enjoy what money you have today in the future, maybe leave some from your kids or your family or have some type of a legacy if you feel that to be in your cards. But ultimately, our life is so short. And the way to enjoy it is not just to live in the present moment, it's to live in the present moment, but still take care of future you. That's what the whole point of money is. It's using money as a tool to living your version of your best life. I hope this episode was helpful. And more than anything, I hope it triggered something in you that really resonated and made you say, you know what, this is an area I've been avoiding and I should be better about. I'm going to start taking action today. Let me know if it did. I'd love to hear what you're going to be working on. And more than anything, I love cheering you on. So share what you're working on on Instagram with me. You can DM me if you don't want to make it public. But I am at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. Come say hi. Tell me what you're working on. I'll be your biggest cheerleader. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.